my guy Meta World Peace Pipe. Man, a hell of a name, I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to shout out to the halftime basketball community from E. Devendorf, former Syracuse basketball player. I hope everybody's good over there, man. Uh, I know during these times it's been rough for a lot of people. Um, so I'm just wishing you guys safe, happy, healthy, uh, you know, and everything else, man, with you and your family. Um, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. It's Craig Smith, the Rhino, former NBA player, NBC legend. Shout out. Shot out. Losing the ball. Smith has it. Hudson. Bounce pass to Craig Smith. Puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf? Metal World Peace Pipe. What's going down? It's the big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the big baller himself. That's right. You guys keep it right and tight. Keep doing your thing. Because Big Baller Brand is in the building. And you know how we gets down. But anyways, y'all do y'all thing. And we going to do our thing. Because Big Baller's got to stick together. Again, shout out to the halftime community. That's right. Big Baller's out, baby. And I holla. Welcome into another edition of the Halftime Community Podcast. Let's start off with the biggest non-story of the week. That was All-Star Weekend, All-Star Sunday. It was a big arm fart, so we're not even going to talk about it. The real biggest story of the week has to be Blake Griffin's buyout and then subsequently signing with the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of talk about Blake Griffin um, without a lot of production. I, as a Blake Griffin stan, it hurts me to say, but his best days are certainly behind him. He's looked like a shell of himself over the past year and a half. A lot of injuries, and you know, he played with a really athletic style early in his career, so it looks like that's catching up to him. Is he realistically gonna put Brooklyn over the hump? No. Is he gonna hurt Brooklyn? No. I think the answer to both of those questions is no. Best case scenario for Blake Griffin in Brooklyn is he is a solid rotational piece, can play eight to 15 minutes a game when needed against certain matchups. There's certain teams in the East he just can't play against. If you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, where is he going to play against the 76ers in a playoff series? Spot minutes at most. So at the end of the day, I guess the lesson here is Blake Griffin, although it's nice, he gets to go to a contender now, maybe have a deep playoff run. He's really not going to make too much of an impact in Brooklyn. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, we already mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. They are what they are. They're really showing people that they do have the firepower at the beginning of the season. And when they traded for James Harden, everybody was hating on them, saying, how, where are they going to play defense? Their defense is still a problem, still a question mark. But they have had guys step up like Bruce Brown. Joe Harris has stepped up when needed. Jeff Green has stepped up, and now they added Blake Griffin to the mix. So I'd expect them to be towards the top of the East for the rest of the season. But to me, the front runners in the East, until proven otherwise, has to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid having an MVP type season as long as he can stay healthy. Ben Simmons having a defensive player of the year type season. He has improved his scoring slightly in spots. And then there's other nights where you watch him play and you don't even know he's on the court on the offensive end. That's just the Ben Simmons experience. And I think that's what we can expect on the offensive end. But defensively, and they have that superstar power. They have enough to get it done in the East. As for the Milwaukee Bucks, we know what they are at this point. I really don't believe in Milwaukee in the playoffs. I'm sorry, Giannis. But when it comes crunch time, they build a wall around Giannis. The book is out on it. 
Mike Boonholzer hasn't shown the ability to adjust in the playoffs. They build a wall around Giannis, and they give the ball to Chris Middleton and expect him to do everything. I just don't think that's a winning formula in these playoffs when you got Brooklyn, you got Philly, you got Boston, you got Miami creeping up there now. It's just not a winning formula. And let's head out to the West, talk about some contenders there. It's the usual suspects with one added team that I haven't talked much about this season. We've got the Lakers, we've got the Clippers, we've got the Utah Jazz. Denver Nuggets have been playing well. And then also the Phoenix Suns, they're second in the West. Don't look now, but they are second in the West. Chris Paul has not playing really well. That trade has shown immediate dividends. The Suns are playing really well right now. Big question for me is, can a Chris Paul-led team have success in the playoffs finally. He hasn't been able to break through. He had one season in Houston when they went to the Western Conference Finals, and unfortunately he got injured. That may have been his best chance at a title run. For the Phoenix Suns to get over the top, to me, it's all about Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs. Can they unlock 10% or 20% more out of DeAndre Ayton? He has the skill set, but he hasn't shown the ability to do it consistently and do it in the playoffs, so I need to see it from him. Also worth mentioning, definitely worth mentioning, is the Portland Trailblazers. It's Dame time. He's having a great season as usual. He's clutch as usual. C.J. McCollum got injured early in the season, but he got off to a really good start. He was having a super efficient scoring season. Yusuf Nurkic got hurt as well, which happens every year. He's kind of Kristaps Porzingis Memorial Award. Um, Yusuf Nurkic could get that every year. But the Portland Trailblazers can definitely be dangerous, so don't count them out. I want to round out the league by giving you a dark horse team from each conference. First up in the East, although it shouldn't really be a surprise, nobody's really talked about them this season after their slow start, the Miami Heat. They could creep up and finish around the fourth or fifth seed, which is where they finished last year. They have the experience now in the playoffs. They have the young talent, so why not the Miami Heat? In the Western Conference, I got to do it just out of pure respect for Greg Popovich. It is the San Antonio Spurs. They are right in the middle of the Western Conference race. If you look at their roster, nobody overly talented. A lot of aging players that you wouldn't expect to have in career years, but somehow are. Case in point, DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills. DeMar DeRozan having a super efficient scoring season. He's been thrown in a lot of trade rumors, but as long as the Spurs are in contention, I really don't see them moving on DeRozan. And let's not forget about Patty Mills. Patty Mills is one of my favorite NBA players. He played in his early career um, primarily with pace and speed, and he helped those 2014-2013 Spurs teams really be successful. Um, He came off the bench and was a big boost for them. But now he's 32 years old. He's having actually a career scoring season, shooting over 40% from three. So watch out from the Spurs. They have the infrastructure. They have the veterans. So maybe they can give somebody trouble in the playoffs. Last thing I want to hit on before I get to the Lakers talk and the interview with J.C. Benson from the app is I want to hit on the trade deadline. It is coming up on us. March 25th is the trade deadline. Been a lot of rumors floating around, as always, this league. This league eyeball emojis. But some of the names that have been floated around, primarily Nikola Vucevic from Orlando, all-star caliber center, and Orlando's not going anywhere, so we'll see. Victor Oladipo, the Rockets are currently having a fire sale. I think anything is for sale in Houston except Christian Wood right now. So I'd expect Victor Oladipo to move. Been a lot of talk about Lonzo Ball, um, how he's coming up on restricted free agency. Is he a fit in New Orleans? I think at the end of the day, New Orleans is going to stand pat on him. He's played well of recent. 
Harrison Barnes and then Buddy Heald, both out of Sacramento. I'd expect one at least, if not both of them, to move. We'll see if any contenders bite on them. Kyle Lowry in Toronto, greatest Raptor of all time, but will he move on to Philadelphia or Denver, a team like that that needs a missing piece? That point guard could use a veteran presence in the playoffs. I think he'd be a perfect fit either of those places, but we'll see if Denver or Philly has the pieces to move on that. And then John Collins. There's been a lot of talk about John Collins. The Hawks just never seem to be committed to him. So we'll see if John Collins moves. I have a feeling he won't move. There's just not going to be a good enough package out there. Nobody's going to want to pull the trigger on that trade. It's, he's not enough to put any of the teams that could trade for him over the top. So most likely, John Collins will stand pat. Along with the trade deadline, one of the biggest stories is the Celtics trade exception. They have this massive trade exception, and really, if they don't use it, it's going to be a complete disaster. They have to use it on somebody. So some names I would target there. Nikola Vucevic has been linked early to them. Harrison Barnes has been linked to them. I would also throw Buddy Heald in there just because he's around the same salary. Gives you a lot of the same things Harrison Barnes does. John Collins has been linked to them. I don't think that's going to happen. The Celtics don't have enough to make that work. And then lastly, Miles Turner. He's been linked to them two or three seasons. Fans want it to happen. Seems like Danny Ainge doesn't want it to happen, though, for whatever reason. The book is out on Miles Turner to him, or he just doesn't believe he's enough to get him over the top. Game clock, shot clock. Spurs by one. DeRozan kicks it out. Petty Mills! Well, with me today, I have Jeff Benson. You can find him on the app at JC Benson. Uh, Jeff, I'll let you introduce yourself. Go right ahead. Hey, Jeff Benson. Uh, live out in Phoenix, Arizona now, originally from Pittsburgh, but big Lakers fan and NBA fan in general. So that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, yes. Lakers fan. So let's talk some Lakers. Uh, they're 24 yes, and 13 right now, coming out of mm-hmm. all star break. Started off really, really strong. Um, I was actually surprised, you know, how many games LeBron ended up playing in the first half of the season. Um, They're third in the West, but they're right at the top of the West. They're all kind of jumbled in there. The Jazz are in first, not by a mile, but by a little bit. Um, Where do you you see the Lakers fitting in? Are they still the title favorites coming out of the West? Uh, As long as AD's healthy, absolutely. Um, You know, that's that's the franchise, as they say. I mean, LeBron obviously is the best player, but... We're not coming out of the West without AD. So his health is paramount unless they can make some kind of move, which I don't really see them being able to do. Maybe um, Drumming is brought out when he comes to the Lakers or something like that. That would be that would be a nice help. But uh, it's all dependent upon AD. If he's healthy, uh, for sure, we're in favorites. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a lot to be seen. We knew with the Lakers coming in, though, it's all about the playoffs. So I, I imagine they'll bring AD back slow. There's no rush on bringing them back. They're still third in the West. Um, so they'll be making a push towards the end. LeBron, I'm going to save the big LeBron conversation for the end because I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. Are you a mm-hmm. LeBron guy? Oh, yeah. I love LeBron. I mean, on and off the court. Um, I mean, as far as what he stands for and with everything as a player, I mean, you know, you have your haters. They've always been there for LeBron for whatever reasons, but he's a hell of a player, a hell of a person as far as we know. Don't hear much about anything off the court except for positive things. So I'm two thumbs up with LeBron all day. 
have been for years. So awesome. Yeah, I'll save the big LeBron conversation for the end. Um, but I don't know if you've been keeping up with it over the past couple of days. Montrez Harrell has had some kind of cryptic tweets he's been sending out. He's been going through it a little bit. You know, he lost his grandma last season. He was right. he was raised by his grandma and he was really close. Uh, Jeannie Buss reached out to him on Twitter. Um, it just seems like he's going through a lot right now. How big has Montrez Harrell been on the court for the Lakers? Huge. Um, he's been a huge, he's a spark plug. You know, one of those type of players, a lot of energy, a lot of heart. I didn't know anything about the tweets or anything like that. So, I, I mean, I would hope Jeannie would be able to call him instead of reaching out on, tw- on Twitter. But um, I didn't know anything about that. But he's been huge. Um I mean, I'd, we'd be in deep water if he wasn't playing uh, this season for sure. You know, so great pickup. Yeah, you brought in Montrose Harrell and then also Dennis Schroeder. Uh, how do you feel yep. about him so far? Man, I wanted him last year. I remember telling a few people that he's a great fit. I mean, he's a playmaker. Um, he's somebody who can score, take LeBron off the ball. He can run pick and roll with AD. Um, another ball handler, good decision maker. He's not proven in the playoffs yet, but he hasn't really been there that often with a great, with a good team at least. So I love that addition. That that was huge. And they're also looking to extend him whenever they can do it. I forget what time of the year they can do it. But great move by the staff to bring him in for sure. So. Awesome. Along with Schroeder and Harrell coming in, are there any mm-hmm. other role players or players that don't play, get a lot of publicity that you've seen, um, that you've seen some good stuff out of this year? Yeah, THT, man, he's he needs to play more, in my opinion. Um, I know the staff loves uh, some of the other players from last year, but that guy is just – he's a bucket waiting to happen. Uh, he can score on anybody. Players like that, you got to get some playing time for them. Um, he's had a really good year. Surprising. I saw him in the preseason. I was like, okay, it's preseason. But he's just continued. He's one of those guys who just can score. He's going kind of like um, – uh, what's the guy? I can't even think of his name for the Clippers. Like those guys can just score, you know, like no matter who's guarding. Uh, Lou Williams, Lemon Pepper Williams. <laughs> so, yes. Um, you know, Kuz is playing pretty good. He's fitting his role. He's playing with a lot of energy. I think, you know, his role's weird. You know, he's, he's not, they're not running a place for him. So he started off as a rebound some. So he's having a pretty good year. His free throw percentage is really bad for some reason. Should be better. But um, so those two have been playing pretty well. It's been, you know, like you said, kind of an odd year. We started off really hot. AD gets hurt. Kind of got to figure things out. So, but again, it's all about the playoffs. So those those two, in addition to what you mentioned already, have a good year. Yeah, and as always with any big market team, even though the Lakers have grabbed a bunch of people in free agency in the offseason, uh, they are trade rumors floating around, buyout rumors. Are there right. any specific guys you've got your eye on? I know Dennis... DeMar DeRozan was kind of linked to them earlier in the season. I don't think that's going to happen now because the Spurs are playing pretty well and he's yeah. playing well. Um, Andre Drummond has been mentioned as well. Are there any other names? Man, mainly Drummond. You know, us losing uh, McGee and Howard is, is a big loss. I mean, they're not statistically, but they were great rebounders. They were a presence in the middle. The saw has been, you know, um, not overly impressed. Impressed. Couple games, but maybe we're trying to save him for the playoffs. But we need we need some size. Um, so Drummond would be a great pickup. I take the Rosen and Harvey. I don't know what you have to do to get him, but I would definitely take him. This is another score, twenty points a game, rolling out of bed. So I would take him for sure. Um, so I think some size is needed. I don't know where outside of Drummond where we get it from. 
But that would be something that we definitely need. We uh need to we need to we need some sass, some girth in the middle for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely took a chance with Mark Gasol. I think everybody kind of knew, you know, most of the tread was off his tires already. But right. throw throw a contract at him, see if he has anything left in the tank. Um, not right. much left in the tank there, so we'll <laughs> right. we'll see. Maybe in the playoffs he can give He's him saving something. it. He's saving himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what all old old people say as I get up into my thirties now. Um, right. Another question for you, as far as just the Lakers go, I'm really big into like nostalgia, and you know people mention names from the past, and it kind of lights your fire about nostalgia. They just say names like Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, you know, right. names like that. Who's your favorite, like, one of your favorite Lakers teams that you can think of off the top of your head? Um, man, uh, I really love my, I, I think the, the year, I can't remember the exact year, but we had the three-peat with Shaq and Kobe when he threw that lob and got mm-hmm. dunked to Shaq. I think um, it was, uh, against the Pacers, maybe 2000. I think that's where we were, yeah, something like, you might be right. That was probably my favorite team as far as being, you know, at the age where you could really get into it and you're really following it. You're like, ah, oh, you know, and obviously great player, great role players all all over the court. Um, that's probably my favorite team up to this point. Um, some of the teams when I was younger as a kid, you know, you don't remember all the ins and outs of them, things like that. But as far as being old enough to really follow and read up on it, that's probably my favorite team. Obviously, at two all-time greats with Shaq and Kobe. So. Yeah, I, I kind of come from the same era as well. And just thinking back on Shaq, I, I think he's really just going to be underappreciated moving forward yeah. for how dominant he was. Like, literally, they would just throw the ball to him and he'd either get fouled or get a bucket. It was just automatic every time. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely underappreciated. I agree with you on that. Um, I think people, maybe just because his size, like, it's like weird. It's like, hey, he's as size he is, you know, but. Just a hell of a player, man. You couldn't stop him. He had like three, four years, and he was just literally the best player in the league, hands down. Yeah, yeah and people people like to talk about, you know, they might be good in the regular season, but he can't get done in the playoffs. Paul George, people like that. Shaq, right. every time in the finals, he would up his averages. He would get like 38 and 15, something crazy. That that series, you mentioned the Nets. I mean, I think it was the Nets. I mean, he averaged something like that, like 38 and 15, that, that series. He, he killed him, you know. So he those three years, man, like he's easily the best, most dominant player in the NBA, and that rings to show it, you know. So definitely a great player. Yeah, he he definitely lets everybody know about his rings that he has. Absolutely. When he work, yeah, when he's working <laughs> the desk at TNT now. Um, oh yeah, with Chuck, yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, are there any specific role players from those teams? I'm thinking of names like Brian Shaw, Devin George, Rick Fox, uh, Derek Fisher. Are yeah, there anybody Fish. that sticks out to you? Robert, Big Shot Ori. Can't forget Big Shot yep. Ori. Um, all those guys, man. I mean, like you, like we just said, like the role players on those teams were really good. Like those are not players, you know, they're not all-time greats, of course, but they're NBA players. They have multiple rings, very well respected, um, and fit their roles perfectly. Um, those teams were so well put together. Um, like that alone, you know, you're like, man, those are really good players, you know. So uh, I can't think of any, but those are those are the best role players, you know, in that in that era, and you know, winning those championships. And I know a lot of people don't like Fisher, but Kobe never ring never won a ring without Fisher. So um, 
he was significant in his career. And he said that many times. So, yeah. Speaking of Kobe, are you a fro Kobe guy or a 24 Mamba mentality Kobe? Kobe oh, that's so tough. I know I've, I've had discussions with my brother before. Uh, I think the younger Kobe, man, because he was he was a beast, man. He was like, flashy. He was flashy. Yeah, he was a beast. Um, and obviously more athletic at that time. Um, but as far as challenging people and players and just being the alpha male and, and dominant player that he was, I think the younger Kobe by a little bit, obviously towards the end of his career, you know, you can't really go with that. But I think the young Kobe and, you know, the one that would just dunk on anybody, you know, stuff like that. I remember he had a dunk on Yao Ming. They don't ever show it. But I remember that was a great dunk. Like, there's, he was ridiculous at a young age. So once he got his things going. Yeah, I completely I'm on the same side as you. It's it's interesting as we get older and, you know, people start looking back at Kobe and fans get younger. Naturally, um, they they don't really remember number eight Kobe. So we, we got to keep those spirit alive. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, even at that point, he was he was kind of slept upon because of Shaq's dominance, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but you're not winning those rings. That one game with the Pacers, matter of fact, that Shaq fought out in overtime. Kobe just took over. That's kind of his. When he went to the next level, in my opinion, in terms of being a superstar, that was it in the finals, you know, literally, because he took over in overtime. And, you know, since then, he's been, you know, the Kobe that we that we love, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. All time greats. We've mentioned Shaq. We've mentioned Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's names in the past. Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem. I could go on all day. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Wilt Chamberlain even played in Los Angeles, Jerry West, Jerry Elton West. Bailey. Yep. Yeah, all these names. But let's talk about LeBron since he's there currently. You know what's crazy about LeBron? And I think people don't realize it in the moment. You know, they say he's getting up there in age. He is 36 years old. Right. Joe Kim Noah has been washed for like five, six years. (laughs) and He just retired this season. He's the same age as LeBron James. I didn't even realize that. Wow. They're both 36 years old. But Joe Kim Noah, you know, he had one MVP conversation season. I just use that as a you know gauge just to show you how crazy it is that lebron james is still in the mvp conversation he's still a title favorite just coming off a title so i think what can you speak to that at all just how crazy this is i mean there's there's i mean you know there's a debate about the greatest players and i think the three in the discussion in my opinion are mj kareem and 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 lebron lebron's pro career is going to be the length of it and the longevity that he's been played at this high of a level is going to be better than anybody's ever. Um, so that's his legacy in terms of those three and however you want to slice it and dice it. Um, the fact that, I mean, I, he hasn't won MVP since what, 2014, I think. Yeah. He, he's always in the discussion, but he's always the bridesmaid, never really yeah. the bride. You know, the NBA likes to just, Oh, we'll give it to Barkley. Like when MJ should have won it, you know, they, they like to do that, which is just stupid. And now this year they're trying to deal with Harden. I'm like, they don't remember the first 19 games of the year. Like they act like that didn't exist. But what LeBron does every night at his age, the amount of tread that, I mean, his, I, I mean, he's played more minutes than any player in history as far as significant minutes. You can't even. I, I don't understand why people disrespect this man so much. He's an all-time great, easily one of the best players, easily. Um, He's just a great player, man. Like, there's – I mean, I watch – I try to get a lot of the games. Um, 
and what he does every night. I mean, even comparing this season to AD's, like the level, there's a big difference in terms of a you know AD's level, which hasn't, in my opinion, been very good this year, versus LeBron's, and that's crazy considering what AD's 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brings it every night. He's like a throwback. You know, those players back in the day, they played pretty much every night. And LeBron does the same. Took a day off the other day. Well-deserved. But, I mean, you can't – it's hard to put into words everything that he does for the Lakers, for the league, carrying the torch from, you know, from Kobe and MJ and Magic and all those in the past. It's just been a great – I mean, for almost 20 years in the NBA. It's just been amazing. Yeah, I think it's weird to say, but this season in particular, um, now that Joel Embiid is kind of run, he's running away with the MVP right now as long as he stays healthy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with the numbers he's putting up. And he's one of the last of a dying breed, kind of that Shaq low post center. Um, but I think that's kind of good for LeBron in a way because he won't feel pressure to play every single night. He'll probably take right. some more nights off. I know fans are going to hate and they're going to say, you know, Load management, here we go again, Kawhi and LeBron. But the the reality is, you know, he's going on close to 20 years in the league now. So I think it's a good thing in the end. Absolutely, I agree. Joel is having a great year. That's for sure. See, hopefully he stays healthy. That's the big thing with him, of course. But he is having a great year. So if there's anybody, you know, me being that biased, I definitely would say NB should be the favorite as far as MVP. So. Yeah, there's a lot to be seen. I know Anthony Davis was mentioned before the year. It looks like that's not going to happen. So it's all about the playoffs for the Lakers. And speaking of the playoffs, I want to talk about the Jazz. Have you watched the Jazz at all this year? Um, do you Are you scared of them in the playoffs at all? I have watched some. Um, by no means do I seek out the Jazz as far as watching them nightly. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm aware they're, they're playing very well. Shooting the heck out of the ball, man. Um, they can shoot. They're a well-put-together team. Um, as far as the playoffs, so here's the thing, and you know this, is the NBA, you don't typically jump from bouncing out of the first round to winning a championship. Um, that's a big jump. Um, can Mitchell get it done in the playoffs? You know, um, even the bubble, you know, as far as like Murray and all these guys really showing up, it, the bubble was like a – like another step high, a few steps higher than AAU. You just play one location, so we just go on ball every other day. Playoffs is different. Traveling, hopefully we have fans by the time the playoffs come. It's a little different animal. You play in somebody else's arena, you got to travel, things of that nature. Um, so they have a good team. As far I don't, as long as we're healthy, I don't think we should lose any team in the West as far as the Lakers. Now, the one thing we do is play good defense. We're still a good defensive team. Um, and as long as we're healthy, we should, shouldn't have any issues in the West. I don't think maybe the Clippers give us a good run, but I, I don't think that Utah has enough experience with their top tier players to take a seven game series from us if we're healthy. I don't believe. Yeah. And the other name I would throw in there is the Phoenix Suns. Um, they're actually in mm-hmm. second in the West right now, right. but I, I just, I'm not a Chris, I love Chris Paul's game and I respect him as the point God. But until he wins in the playoffs, I just a, a team led by Chris Paul has never won at a high level in the playoffs. So until never. I see it, I, I just can't believe in it. Right. The best year he had was with Houston. He got hurt. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, that's true. Is he, I don't think he's ever even made the – well, that was the conference finals. That was the conference yeah. finals. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he's never made the conference finals. So you're, you're right. I mean, Houston. Um, yeah, they're another team. Excuse me, not Houston, but, but Phoenix. 
I have less confidence in them in the playoffs than I do in Utah. Like, I could see them losing to a six or seven seed in the first round, you know, when once the playoffs come. You know, you can really hunker down. Everybody's focused, all eyes on the team and focus on what they do. Um, I don't I don't see them doing much damage at all in the playoffs. Yeah, a lot to be seen. So let's let's just say the Lakers make it out of the West. Um, yep. They get to the finals. Who in the East? Is it Brooklyn that scares you the most right now, or is there somebody else? Man, Brooklyn should scare everybody. Uh, they're um, they're a problem. Um, not a very good defensive team, but man, I mean their offensive firepower is ridiculous. Um, you know, it's funny. I saw a statistic that uh, Nick Wright tweeted out, and, and other people have said it. Every year LeBron wins a championship, there's a team that loads up with, like, three superstars every single year. And this is another example this year. Um, and it's uh, – they're scary, you know, obviously. I think if we're healthy with AD and we would get somebody like Drummond, we could beat them. You know, it's just a matter of being healthy. Like I said, we're a much better defensive team than them. Um, and we can get a little better shooting. I don't know if we can make some kind of deal. We're not a very good – three-point shooting team I think we're like what 24th in the league in three-point shooting which is not good it's only what 30 teams so um yeah it's 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 definitely Brooklyn um Philly happened to make it obviously and B's a problem but I I feel very confident we beat them in like five games but Brooklyn's a problem they're 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 scary good you know especially on offense yeah, it's been interesting to see. A lot of people have flipped on Brooklyn. It started out, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. This isn't going to work. There's no way. They don't play any defense. Excuse me. And we've seen so far that that's not really the case. You know, they're still going to win regardless. Um, of course, the playoffs may be different, but they should definitely scare everyone, like you said. Yeah, they're, they're scary. Scary good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, before I let you get out of here, um, I tried to prep you for it, but we'll see yep. if you got a hot take for us. My hot take, the Knicks will not make the playoffs. Um, ten, like bottom 10 schedule in the first half. Um, I, and I'm also going to say this, they go even further out in the future with the Knicks. The Knicks, let, I, there could be a superstar. They got Leon Rose and everything in, in the front office. But Thibodeau's going to wear that team out. He does it with every team he has. They always start off good, you know. And obviously this year, the nice thing for the players is they're not being able to practice very often. But he runs really long. He's like, a, you know, one of those drill sergeant coaches that just wears the team out. They're young and they all want money and contracts. Doesn't work with, you know, it never does. Chicago, Minnesota, they always tanks. Um, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They got a lot of good teams, including Miami, behind them. Um, Charlotte, sneaky good. Lamelo Ball, he's gonna be a superstar. That's another take, but um, I I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Maybe battling yeah. for the eight seed, but I don't think they're gonna make it. Yeah, you mentioned it. Tibbs Tibbs coach teams really do have a pattern. If you look back on it, usually yeah. in the first year they end up making the playoffs, but then after that it's a severe drop off. So we'll see with this season being weird and everything if they have a second half drop off here um if julius randall can keep it up or not but uh, i definitely appreciate well. that yeah. yeah he's playing well awesome well uh i appreciate you coming on with me did you want to plug anything do you got any social media you want to plug or anything no not really i'm not you know I, i'm on the i'm on the app and 
just look me up. You know, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Cool, man. Yeah, well, we'll be doing a halftime, uh, half waypoint roundtable here soon. So if you want to come back and do it, you're more than welcome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is fun. Appreciate it. Cool. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to it. Take care and be safe. You too. bit of a shorter episode for you all today i figured i'd give you a break because we're having that halftime halfway point round table coming up pretty soon i'd expect that to come up within the next week or two i'm gonna get everybody together we're gonna chop it up at the halftime family barbecue but what i've been waiting for all week rubbing my hands together like Birdman again i'm putting lotion on because i'm rubbing my hands together so much we gotta finally settle the GOAT discussion. It's halfway through the 2020-2021 NBA season. There's no excuse why we don't have a GOAT, an undisputed GOAT already. So let's get into it. We talked about LeBron James heavily in this episode, how crazy it is that he's 36 year old, still playing at a high level. You've got Michael Jordan, of course, at the top. I mentioned Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mentioned Magic Johnson, Jerry West, the logo. John Wall, always throw him up there. Rockets aren't going to trade him. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest shot-blocking point guard of all time. I think it's time we added another name to the list, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 16 for 16 in an all-star game. I mean, nobody's touching that. Nobody's ever touched that. Nobody's ever going to touch it again. Giannis, consider yourself in the GOAT debate. I'm excited to announce I've done all the analytics. I've looked at the shot charts. I've been picking people's brains, looking at opinions all over the internet. I even asked Skip Bayless via email. Hasn't gotten back to me yet, but I think I have the answer. Who is the greatest of all time? And drum roll, please. Nope. There it is again. The outro music, it gets me every time. I'll catch you in the next episode, the community roundtable. Maybe we'll finally settle who the GOAT is.